You are listening to Parenting Our Future with certified parent coach, Robin McMahon, author of The Yelling Cure and founder of Parenting for Connection. My podcast is all about providing you with the tools and solutions you need in your parenting so you can create the family you always wanted. For more information on my book and other resources, check out yellingcurebook.com. And if you like my show, then I want to tell you about a hilarious parenting podcast called What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. It's hosted by Amy and Margaret, who are both comedians and moms of three. But that's where the similarities end because Margaret is laid back to the max and Amy loves making lists and planning ahead. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, Amy and Margaret wrestle with a common parenting issue using research, lively debate, and tons of humor. So if you're stuck at home right now with your kids, this is the perfect escape. Check out What Fresh Hell, Laughing in the Face of Motherhood, wherever you listen to podcasts or at whatfreshhellpodcast.com. Hey, everybody. It's Robin here. Welcome back to Parenting Our Future. I have another beautiful guest. I, I just have the best guests on my podcast, I have to say, and I am so lucky to be talking to Wendy Powell here. What do you hear about this awesome woman? She is the founder of the Mutu system, and she is a globally recognized leading voice on equality and empowerment for women's health. Yes, please. And almost two decades experience in personal training as a woman behind the best-selling online program for mothers trusted by over 70,000 women worldwide. Wendy is loved and recommended by specialists in women's health, surgeons, Hollywood celebrity trainers, and clients like royalty. Wendy, welcome. That is so exciting. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Well, I am thrilled to have you here. And I just want to give a quick shout out to Gail, who uh, got us together here. So hi, Gail. I know you're listening. Um, All right. So we are going to talk about women's health and a bunch of things that go along with what happens when we give birth and and how how that can really affect us. So I want to start with you and talking about your own traumatic birth experience because it's pretty heavy um and i know a lot of women out there have experienced it too and i think it's really important for us to talk about it i totally agree robin it is yeah so my my babies are 13 and 15 now so it was a while ago but i remember it very well as as we all do i think and when i went into um so my my 15 year old my daughter um the pregnancy that her pregnancy, I was a jobbing personal trainer. So I was like training with clients all day, every day, running, boxing, right through pregnancy, super fit, super strong. Um, I also was already at that time a qualified specialist in postnatal and pregnancy exercise. So kind of thought I had it covered. Kind of thought, I've <laughs> kind of got this, you know, I know what I'm doing. I've got the pieces of paper. Um, But the birth did not go according to plan. Um, I had massive postpartum hemorrhage after after having Ava. Um, And I actually had exactly the same thing happen uh, just less than two years later with with my son Stanley as well. And what sort of, what happened to me was I was saved, of course. My baby was saved, we're safe, thank thank goodness. But when I came through that, when I came out of that, out of this sort of acute stage of recovery, if you like, I felt broken, like depleted, like not just physically, I did feel pretty physically broken, Mm -hmm. um, 
but kind of mentally and emotionally as well. And I really felt this overwhelming feeling of failure. Um, why couldn't I perform this, this most feminine, this most yeah. instinctive, this most supposedly intuitive female act, you know? And it was kind of not only that, heck, I was, I was a personal trainer. I knew this stuff. I was strong. I was fit. I was prepared. And so there was this massive feeling of disappointment in myself that I'd let, that my body had let me down and just kind of feeling really quite battered by the experience physically and emotionally. And I just didn't feel I had the tools to tackle that. Everything I'd been taught to teach didn't seem adequate. And that's kind of where Muti came from. Yeah. Look, I had a very similar experience to yours. And uh, my, my first was, um, was 10 days overdue. And so at that point, they here, they uh, induce you, they don't let you go past 10 days. So I was in the hospital for a full day, got to go home. So I was in labor for a whole, a whole day without anything. And then uh, the second day, they're like, okay, let's get serious. <laughs> so they broke my water and then gave me an epidural and my son went up instead of down. And it was like, oh, geez, <laughs> this is not good. Right. And, um, and I just, I'm only saying this because I really, I really relate to what you're saying. I have never been hysterical in my life. And I was hysterical when I found out that I had to have a C-section. I didn't want one. I didn't want one for, for lots of my own reasons. Um, and also because I'd never even had an IV before. I'd never been in the hospital before. And I, it wrecked me. I, I'd never had a catheter. I'd never, like, I mean, it was so foreign to me. And I was so upset about having it. And then I was ashamed that I was hysterical because I thought like, oh my gosh, how embarrassing. Like how, um, how unstrong are you for <laughs> unstrong? How weak, that's the word. Um, you know, like I just, all of these messages came flooding in about how I was already failing. And I remember taking my first shower in the hospital and crying afterwards because I couldn't pick, I couldn't pull up my own underwear. I was humiliated. And so I had to call my husband in. And the last thing I wanted him to see was, or even help me pull up my diaper. You know what I mean? Like it was humiliation after humiliation after humiliation. So I felt, right? Right. The experience is huge. And you, you remember it now. You're remembering it right now. And it's, it, it's, you know, this stuff stays with us. It's important. And we're, I think we're so rushed, aren't we? From well-meaning everybody afterwards to move on, get over it. At least you're healthy. At least your baby's healthy. And, and I think to kind of, to take Thank care you. of that, of that woman, to take care of the mother, to take care of the, the, the woman that birthed, it's, it's kind of, it's suddenly all about the baby and everything that went before is supposedly forgotten and these experiences they they do kind of batter us like physically and emotionally they batter us and and you know we can't as you say we can't bend down and do we can't pull our underwear up you know we sit sit on the on the toilet for the first time and we feel like our insides are going to fall out you know oh. <laughs> yeah i mean just so much, 
so scary. And like you were describing then about when you found out you were going to have a C-section and you were really, really scared and really, really upset. And, and then you felt bad for feeling scared and feeling upset. And I mean, we're just on this guilt trip of getting it wrong. I think I believe, yeah. you know, literally like through pregnancy, you're probably doing something wrong. You know, the way we give birth, we failed somehow. We haven't performed. We weren't strong enough. And it stays with us. It's important. It stays with us and starts the shame spiral, right? Yes. Because, because and, and I don't know about you, but then I couldn't nurse. I was in so much pain. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, and you're so right about sitting on the toilet the first time. I mean, it's so true. I remember having my squirt bottle with me and my husband thought that was me. I'm like, no, that's a squirt bottle. That's terrifying. You're like, what's going to come out when I do this? Yeah. And are you going to stay with me? I'm, 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 I'm disgusting. Like I, I've never felt more beautiful or sorry, less beautiful in my life, less feminine. It was very primal. That to me is the word that is, it's very primal. And, um, and I think that we're talking about it not to, you know, uh, not to scare anybody, but, but look, we need to know this stuff and we need to know that you're going to be okay. Right. That's the message, right? Because look at you, you are here and you are okay. And you almost lost your life. Yeah, it is. And I think what you just said then, Robin, like nobody tells us. And I think, I think that's possibly one of the, the most common things we hear. Um, is why did nobody tell me? Why did nobody tell me that it would feel like this, that I would feel like this, that sex would feel like this, that my tummy would look like this? You know, it's like, what the heck, you know? And, and yeah. nothing feels or works or functions or looks the way it used to, and nobody prepared you for that. Um, yeah. It feels alien, we disconnect. And, and, and that's a, a big issue too, because it's, it, it's something that we work on a lot is it's, it's no good working out until you've reconnected because we disconnect from what doesn't feel right, what doesn't make us feel good. Um, so yeah, it, it is, yes, there, there's a lot of stuff that sounds terrifying and negative. And if you're pregnant for the first time listening to this, please don't. It's worth it, I promise. It's, it's totally worth it, yeah, as, as everybody says, right? But the reality is sometimes it's hard Yes. And you'll still be okay, right? Some and and look, uh, you know, you and I were talking uh, beforehand, right? Like I do with all my guests, and you know, just talking um, about how you know we believed in this almost lie of what this would be like, and I think it's just important to to say, you know, to say what it is, right, and bring it into the open because you are so right that immediately when the baby is born, we forget about mom. And mom is like over here still needing to do all the things that she was already doing before um, and even more so now. And we need to support mamas. We, we don't need to judge them for how they gave birth if they're nursing. We need to just support them so that they can heal mentally and physically, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's that, it's that care for the mom, which is so, so important. And so much has been taken away from her. And that's, you know, from, from medical necessity, probably, you know, that's fine. It's, it's not, it's not saying that things shouldn't be handed over to medical professionals when, when we need it. Thank goodness they are. But the, 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 the result of all of that handing over of control and of power mm. throughout the whole process, um, often for, through pregnancy sometimes and, and definitely through birth when it's particularly medicalized or, or just doesn't go according to plan. And that feeling lasts, that feeling of 
this is out of my control. Like, so that, that mm. connection I talk about, you know, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't look right. It doesn't work right. It, it's not even mine, you know? And, and so that, that feeling that it's out of control. So then when we suffer symptoms, like incontinence, like core weakness, like prolapse, like painful sex, all of these things. When we suffer with these symptoms and issues, we're kind of led to believe, oh, well, I guess that's just the way it is. I guess, you know, that's just what happens when you have babies. And, and this is where this, this conversation about having the conversation is so important. It's really important that we do talk about these issues, but it, it mustn't stop there. And I think to sort of talk about many of the issues that women suffer with, um, and stop at the point of, okay, that's good. We feel validated. We're not alone. That's great. That's a really important first step. But there is a, there is a further step. And that is, and you can do something about it. Right. Because everybody from our mother to our well-meaning friend to the doctors, everybody tells us like, well, of course you pee yourself a little. Of course this happens. Of course it looks like that. You had a baby. You know, and we're supposed to just kind of run with it. And so I think that's so important that to... to <laughs> empower women with education so that they can take back that control it's like you know what you can right. do something about this yeah well okay let's talk about some of that stuff like let's talk about incontinence yay <laughs> let's talk about all those things because what what stood out for me is we need to talk about incontinence and we also need to talk about painful sex I'm just going to say it right there. And then, um, so can, let's start with incontinence. W like, what is it? Why is it? Uh, uh, what, uh, all the things about peeing yourself. Tell me more. <laughs> Absolutely. So, for, okay. So for starters, the word incontinence, we often think of old ladies, right? We right. kind of think so. Yeah. so, so often that word, um, Many women, many moms who are experiencing incontinence, they probably, they may not identify with that term. They may sort of think of it as, oh, well, I just leak a little. I just pee a little when I sneeze. A lot of these things that um, are very, very common, as I say, doesn't mean it's normal or okay, but they are very common. So to, if, if you pee a little or a lot, um, when you sneeze, when you laugh hard, when you jump, when you um, try and run, um, suggest a trampoline to many moms and you will get a very quick excuse as to <laughs> it, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, so first of all, to define the term, like by, when we, when we say incontinence, we literally mean if, if you are leaking, peeing a little or a lot at any stage when you don't want to be, that is a level of incontinence. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Your body is not, your body is not holding on to what it, it's supposed to hold on to. And that is, a, that is because your pelvic floor muscles are not in a position to be as functional and as strong as they need to be. Okay. Um, so, and that's important too, for any women going, uh, wanting to get back into exercise, for example, if they used to be a runner, something like that. Mm. Um, a lot of women we know will just put a pad in and go running, knowing that they're going to leak, but kind of, running anyway um and and sort of the, there's a really important message there which is it's not that you'll never be able to do it but you have to back up and build the foundations first mm -hmm. and, and it's not inevitable you you can change that situation yeah. well, well it took nine months to have that baby let's give our body at least that much to to just heal before we want to get right back out there but i know there's also this and i i i get it i was like that too but this almost like race to get back to where we were before we had the baby we are forever changed we, there is no going back there that woman doesn't exist anymore right 
So true. Uh, I personally hate the phrase, get your body back, Robin. It's like, what, back to what? You know, it's like that, that's, it's meaningless. It's, it's, as you say, our bodies have changed. We have, we have grown and birthed a human being. Um, we, we are in a different phase. And that doesn't mean that we can't look and feel utterly fabulous in that phase. But don't keep harking back to something that, that used to be. You know, it's, yeah, I think the, the pressure on women um, from the media, from our culture generally, around getting back so-called into shape, you know, all of that is just such a massive pressure on women. It's utterly unrealistic and it just shouldn't matter. It's part of the shame cycle because now I need to also look perfect and fit back into those genes. Um, and if you can't, because you just can't, because it's too hard, you're too tired, you're too sore. Oh, hmm, look at how many pounds she packed on after the baby, right? Like, that's the last thing I need is to be judged or to feel bad about myself, right? I'm already feeling like I'm failing somewhere. And this is this journey of motherhood that we've got to stop. We've got to stop. Um, but you know all about that. We're going to even talk more about that. So, okay, so we talked about incontinence. That's really just the, the simple peeing when you don't mean to be peeing. <laughs> Pretty much. And that's because of the, the pelvic floor muscles. Um, what about painful sex? Why, 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 why? After we have a baby, does that have to happen? Why, Wendy, why? <laughs> so there are, there are a number of reasons why sex might hurt, okay? And so first of all, before I sort of go into the, the, the pelvic floor elements of, 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 of what we deal with, I would say that if you are in pain, you need to see a medical professional and I'll, I'll give you specifically who you need to see because not everybody even knows these people exist, okay? okay. So there are pelvic floor or women's health specialist physiotherapists or physical therapists. That, that's the person you need to go see, okay? So, and you want one that works internally as well as externally, okay? So yeah, I know, but we're <laughs> gonna fix it, right? <laughs> Oh, so let's, let's just add the humiliation. Great. Okay. No, no I'm just kidding. I'm totally no, kidding. No, it's so not. These professionals are amazing and we work with them a lot. I, I collaborate a lot with pelvic physios and, and it's kind of, you know, what, what I do, I, do, I collaborate with, with um, physical therapists in that, in that specific realm and also with sex therapists, with midwives. If they deal with that bit of women, um, then that, that's who we're talking to. So <laughs> the important bits, you know? Um, so it's, so Coming on to sort of why that might hurt. So pelvic floor function is compromised post-birth. Now, we always we tend to associate that with if you had a vaginal or so-called natural birth, that okay. quite clearly the pelvic floor has taken a beating, as it were. Um, or, and there could be, and there are, of course, many levels of trauma, physical trauma that, 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 could, that could entail. Um, so there may be stitching, there may be bruising, there will definitely be tenderness, and there will be lack of sensitivity and or pain as well. So one of the reasons around this is, and it actually does relate to the incontinence conversation, a lot of these, these um, issues are, are related. The pelvic floor, we're, we often think of pelvic floor exercises and we think squeeze. Yeah, you've got to squeeze, squeeze, squeeze. That's what I'm thinking Kegel right away, right? Yeah, exactly. And I was going to ask you, is it as simple as a Kegel? But I think not, right? Well, yes and no. A Kegel has its place, right? But the way a Kegel is often taught, if it's taught at all, and that's important, in that most women are just told to do their pelvic floor exercises without any real explanation of what should it feel like when I do it right. Yeah. Um, quite often it's not 
being done right. So I'm um, happy to talk you through that, by the way. Oh, yeah, sure. Let's do that. <laughs> in a minute, in a minute. So a really important part of this is that the focus with a Kegel is always on the squeeze. Now a squeeze, a contraction of a muscle is important. A, a muscle cannot be strong unless it can contract and, and work. However, a muscle is also utterly ineffective if it can't fully release as well. So to give you an example, my bicep, if my, if I, my bicep's switched on, that's great, it's all switched on. But if I now need it, it's got nowhere to go. Yeah, right. it needs to be able to do a full extension, a full re release and relaxation in order to be functional. It has to move through what we call its full range of motion. Mm. Now, many women's pelvic floors are what we would call hypertonic. That means too tight, permanently switched on. Now, mm. if you are struggling with incontinence, slight leaking, whatever you want to call it, and you've got a pelvic floor that's already switched on, right. it's got nowhere to go. So it's got nothing else it can do. It's as turned on, it's as, as activated as it can be. So for that reason, the, the relaxation, the release stage of a pelvic floor muscle contraction is every bit as important as the squeeze. And so that, that's the piece that is very often missing from that instructional, from that understanding of, of how to find your pelvic floor. So let me ask you though, um, it, is it, so you, you're, it, the muscles are activated, right, down there. And uh, <laughs> uh, I'm so technical with my, uh, with, with my vocabulary. But so is that partly why there's incontinence is because they're tight? It's, it can be related to incontinence and it can also be related to pelvic, sorry, to painful sex. So if everything is turned on, activated and clenching, essentially, you're kind of already clenching. So there is that inability to yeah. release the muscles, to relax the muscles. So that, and that applies to both. So incontinence can be related to a too loose, too slack, if you like, pelvic floor, okay. but it can also be related to a too tight, too switched on all the time pelvic floor. And, and, and what's the, what it, like, how does it get tight from, to begin with? Is it because, um, like you said, you know, you go to the toilet for the first time, you think your insides are going to fall out. Like, do, are we doing it to ourselves unknowingly because it's such a sensitive area and we almost want to protect it and hold everything in? Like, is, is it, is it us or is it the way we give birth? It's kind of all of the above, and it's also the way we, we move all the time. So for, on the one level, there is that vicious cycle, if you like, that if you're worried you're going to wet yourself, you're going to hang on. So there is that sort of you know, vicious cycle, which is that the more that you're worried about it, the more you will um, unconsciously as well as consciously be literally hanging on the whole time. You'll be clenching. Yeah. So that's one element of it. Um, another element of it can be related to birth trauma, um, having a traumatic birth and just feeling, you know, when, when I said, for example, about a, a pelvic health therapist that works internally, you kind of recoiled a little bit like, ew, I did that whole process, you know, that mental process that, that's happening there, that's like, oh no, it's a clench, it's a, it's a, it's a holding back, it's a resistance. So there's that too, and that can be deep-seated and, and from, from a long ago, and it might be from a birth experience, and it could be from a number of, of other experiences that you might have been Very through. Nice. Um, and then there's another angle to it as well, which is um, more sort of in our control, if you like, and, and something that we can, we can address more, more logically or, or tangibly, which is it's related to our alignment. And by alignment, I kind of mean like posture. The, the way we 
stand and sit and walk. And as an example, there's one, well, there's two sort of key ones I can give you just as top line. Like, so wearing high heels, okay? Wearing high heels shifts our alignment because essentially we've put ourselves on a big old slope and what our body's kind of trying to do when we wear high heels is try not to fall forwards <laughs> because, because that's kind of where your heels have tipped you, right? It's kind of throwing you forward. So your body, your, your alignment adjusts so that we don't fall flat on our face. Um, and what that does amongst, there's a number of sort of adjustments that, that happen there. Certain muscles tighten up and contract and, and, and others, others stretch out. But one of the effects is to kind of tuck our tailbone, tuck our butt under. Right. And this is a thing that if you've ever been a dancer, if you've ever undergone mm. any sort of military training, um, there's a whole bunch of cultural situations where you might have been told to tuck under. Mm. Now, if, when we tuck under, we take, and sorry, I know this is audio, so I'll stop trying to show you with my hands, but <laughs> oh, we're, we're on IGTV and YouTube, <laughs> so no worries, <laughs> gesture away. <laughs> I'll, I'll try and explain it as well as much as I can. But if we tuck our butt under, so if you're listening to this, like kind of tuck your butt under, then put it back again. So you kind of exaggerate the movement, yeah? Because so kind of tuck under and, and clench a bit and then put your butt back where butt should be, right? Yeah. So yep. whether you're sitting or standing, you can do that. So when, when we tuck, everyone's we have, doing it. Everyone's doing it. Everyone's doing it. So what you've just done when you tucked was you brought your tailbone at the back closer to your pubic bone at the front. You shortened that distance, right? Right. So that is the kind of the hammock type shape, if you like, of your pelvic floor musculature. There's a whole lot going on in there, but that's the, those are the two ends, tailbone oh. to pubic bone, yeah? So if you've shortened that distance, and if your everyday posture, the way you walk, the way you stand, you probably don't notice it, but a lot of us do it, you're on permanent short, you're on permanent contract. So we've shortened that muscle, so it's not able to do its full thing. Mm. So those two things, like wearing high heels kind of puts you there without you having much of a say in it. And just generally the way we walk and stand, you can notice it if you walk behind people, try not to stare and get into trouble. But when you see people, it's <laughs> when you see people and it's a cultural thing for, for very much so among Western women is a kind of flat butt, a kind of mm -hmm. flat, yeah. And, and you can see it because there's kind of a, a permanent low-level clench going on. <laughs> You'll notice it if you walk behind women. As I say, don't get into trouble. But you know, my kids keep do it all social the time. distancing, everyone, and keep that social distance. <laughs> exactly. Do it. Do it from a good two meters so nobody hits you. But yeah, and try not to stare too much. But we all. So it is. It's a really common thing. It's a really common thing to kind of walk and stand with everything tucked under. So one of the things you can do for your pelvic floor right away is just start becoming aware of where your backside is and put it back out where it's supposed to be. Okay. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, okay. That, but that, that doesn't actually, uh, but that's not what a Kegel is or what the tightening is, right? Can you tell, can, can, can you walk us us me through it <laughs> i can totally walk you through it so the reason i explain that is because it's important to start a kegel from a fully 
relaxed position wow. okay. and not, not from an already tight position okay so first of all the, the first stage is get comfortable so if you're sitting right now sit towards the front of your chair whatever you're sitting on sit towards the front of your seat so that you're not slouched back because again if you imagine if when you slouch in a seat you're tucked yeah you're kind of on your tailbone yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So so don't sit back on your tailbone, sit on your sits bones. Those are the bony bits underneath your bum, yeah? So you're sort of sitting up straight. So get there and make sure your butt is relaxed and, and as much as you're able to, your pelvic floor is relaxed. And take a, a breath in and let everything just relax and chill. Now, as you exhale, exhale through pursed lips, nice and slow, and imagine you're drawing up inside. Imagine you're drawing a tampon up inside you. And as you inhale, everything lets go. So the exhale is a drawing up inside. You can, I'll give you a few visuals because everything works, something works for everyone. Next time you exhale and blow out slowly, imagine you're trying not to fart, trying not to pass wind. <laughs> it works, it works. So, <laughs> so breathe out and try not to pass wind. That's your pelvic floor working, all right? And then relax and let go. So always, when you're practicing this, work with your own breath in and out nice and nice and naturally for you and just remember the inhale everything releases let's go your pelvic floor your butt muscles your inner thigh shouldn't be tense your tummy shouldn't be tense and then as you exhale it's a slow breath out draw up inside and very gently your your tummy will draw in as well yeah. nothing forceful no sucking in don't hold your breath yeah and you just work with your breath and that's a pelvic floor exercise that actually connects properly with your pelvic floor and allows those muscles to fully relax as well as fully contract you are currently listening to the parenting our future podcast i'm parent coach robin mcmahon if you're enjoying this podcast please share it with someone who you think might also need to hear this message and please don't forget to subscribe and i would be grateful if you gave me a five-star rating on itunes if you'd like to connect with me, all my details are in the show notes. And for a copy of my book, go to yellingcurebook.com. Now back to the show. I think this is a great place to segue now into what the what Mutu is and what you've created to help us mamas recover. And I just want to say, like, you have so much warmth and you're so lovely. I know that um, I would just I would hang on every word that you have to say <laughs> because you're making me feel. Um, you know, like I, I can see the way you are. You, you, you would make it, you would normalize it so much and just matter of fact it. There's no shame, no, no criticism, right? It just, it just your body. It just, it's just muscles and tissue, right? Doesn't matter where we just, and, and if it needs to be addressed, it needs to be addressed, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what, tell us a little bit Mutu. Sure. So Mutu, um, many people ask me where the name comes from. So it came from mummy tummy, M-U-T-U, right? Oh, I love it. <laughs> So this was this was many years ago, sitting with my mother over a glass of wine, trying to think of a name for what I did. And we came up with Mooty System. So that's that's where that comes from. Mummy tummy. Um, so Mooty System is um, we are a, a medically recommended and medically approved online program for core and pelvic floor restoration and strength. Um, we, so that, that's sort of the core of our expertise is in techniques and strategies around regaining function and control and dignity and then onto onto strength and, and fitness in terms of specifically the the core and the pelvic floor that that obviously takes so much um takes so much of a battering during 
during pregnancy and birth. Um, and beyond that, we also deal with uh, whether you're in a perimenopausal stage, in a menopausal stage, um, hormone differences and changes mean that all of these things need addressing constantly. I often say it's like cleaning your teeth. You don't clean your teeth for two weeks and then say, I'm done, <laughs> don't need to do that anymore. Good point, yes. <laughs> what do whether they need it or not? <laughs> exactly. So it's it's looking at self-care of our core and our pelvic floor as women is is an ongoing, it is something we should all be thinking about and doing because we deserve a body that works. I, I strongly and passionately believe that, and that's literally where Mutu system comes from. I believe every woman deserves a body that works and that makes her feel good. Um, what we look like on the outside should be neither here nor there and if that's important to you then that's absolutely cool and that's you know that the aesthetics are a bonus if you like of what we do but where we start and where we focus is on function and dignity does your body actually do what you need it to do does it get you through your life so that you move and and laugh and have sex and do all the things you want to do with abandon and with comfort yeah. that's what and that's what Muti sets out to do. So we're an online program. We have, as you said, more than 70,000 members around the world. And we focus also too very much on the mental and emotional um, aspects of coming through that process and regaining that confidence and love for your own body. Oh, I love that. That's really, that's really beautiful. And again, we need it. And I love that it's mental, mentally and emotionally too, because there's a lot of that, right? We, we go through a lot, especially after our babies are right after our babies are born. I mean, we are just emotional times a million. Um, and, and I just want to say too, your, your daughter, your, your first, which, which really started you on this path just turned uh, 15, right? October the 6th. So really, it's and and like what I what I what I think we all need to do is we all need to celebrate moms on their birthdays too, like on the birth of their children, right? So really, you know, you've just had the 15th anniversary of you know you be becoming a mom, and I think that's something to celebrate along with the birth of our children, don't you think? I totally agree. We should be celebrating celebrating mom on every birthday because it takes us back, doesn't it? We, we, we remember it every time. You know, my husband and I have gone 15 years and it's kind of both of us have gone straight back there. So, yeah, it is. It's so important. Um, the, 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 the process of, of those, those, those gorgeous little humans coming into the world, it stays with us the whole time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, okay, one thing I want to ask you about, though, because we're living in this kind of crazy time right now with COVID and different things like that. Um, you've created, and, and it is a really different experience for expectant moms right now because, you know, um, you're not even, like, people aren't even touching your tummy and ooing and aahing over you like they would normally, you know, strangers approach you, talk to you, want to ask you things and that's not happening at all, or at least not as much. So um, you have um, a hashtag by my side campaign. Tell me about that. I love it so much. Thank you. Yes, we do. Yeah, the By My Side campaign is, is something that we've launched and started in the UK and it's in the US as well now, which is, it's all about celebrating and advocating for women 
to have their trusted partner by their side because that's something that is currently sadly not happening for a lot of women so um, just to explain the situation and I, I've spoken with American colleagues so I know that it, it varies where you are um, within countries as well but essentially what is happening now with the restrictions around COVID is that women are not being permitted to have their birth partner with them throughout the entire birthing experience also um, at antenatal appointments. So we're talking about the 12 week scan, the 20 week scan, whatever scans and appointments and checks you're having. Yeah. Now it's, you know, I mean, and when we think back to this, so that you're, you're not allowed to have the person you need with you at that point. Now, of course, we, we all hope that a scan, a check is gonna be a happy experience with good news. Um, in, in which case we totally want our, our partner there with us. But very often for women, it isn't good news. It, mm. it, it's terrifying or even tragic news and women are going through this alone um miscarriages um bereavements and and of course the birth process itself labor itself so what we are calling for and we're actually calling for policy change in the uk right now because there is um it's a bit of a postcode zip code lottery depending on where you are but for many hospitals across the uk the maternity maternity units are not allowing partners in for many of these things whether it be for scans or for the entire labor so by that part i mean a lot we're hearing a lot of stories of partners being allowed in for the actual birth so um as midwives might describe as active labor five centimeters plus dilated or in the case of a c-section literally for the surgical process of c-section but then they have to leave again um so the we're calling for 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 policy change on this as an as an immediate call for action but what we're also doing with by my side is is calling for women to tell your story share your pictures share your experience of what your birth partner means to you because these aren't just visitors there are support there are advocate there are rock aren't they mm -hmm. um, and whoever we choose that to be whoever we trust for that to be we deserve to have them in the room um, so that's what this campaign is all about oh that is really beautiful that's really lovely i know that one of the highlights was seeing my husband wearing scrubs with a name tag that just said dad you know i still have that picture i want to i'm going to post that picture with hashtag by my side <laughs> so what it was 15 years ago and uh, and 12 and a half years ago so what um but but yeah that and i and i feel for these these women that that are facing that and that's just really tough and i know where where you are you have a certain set of circumstances and, and throughout the United States and Canada, uh, I think it varies place to place depending on what's happening with cases and that sort of thing, right? Depending on how, you know, overrun the hospital is with other with other issues. But um, yeah, I love that. Thank you for, for doing like that. That was all started by you. And I just I love that. So uh, we'll share that out. And please, anybody listening, like let's give a shout out to uh, to my hashtag by my side right we we love our partners if uh and and our support systems and i want to just say too that that puts a lot on the nurses and the and the uh, medical staff and and i know that i had beautiful nurses when i gave birth and uh and i just like shout out to the nurses who i love so much and the doctors i mean that's that's a lot for you too so uh, and i know they do so so much to to help comfort so, um, okay, so I want to ask you if somebody is experiencing incontinence, peeing when they don't mean to, 
or painful sex or any of these other um, symptoms. The other symptoms that you said can be, um, what were the other ones? Like the uh, so prolapse, pelvic organ prolapse is another one. You may not know you've got it as in the sense of you may not have been diagnosed, but if you feel that kind of feeling of bearing down or like something's falling out, like a tampon's falling out or a tampon yeah. actually falling out, any of those sort of feelings of heaviness and, and th that could be a sign of, of prolapse, which is another um, issue that we deal with around core and pelvic floor health. Okay, so what do you say to anybody that is experiencing any of those things? What is the first thing they need to do? The Moosey system can help. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, really what it's about is acknowledging acknowledging that you're the, the signals that your body is giving you your body is telling you not i failed not i'm not good enough your body is telling you i need some help here i need some support and it doesn't have to feel like this and i think the biggest the most important thing i would say to any woman dealing with this or worried about dealing with this is you do have control um, and you can do something about it and the only you've done nothing wrong to be in this situation you have done nothing wrong all that all that has happened is you haven't been empowered with the right information the right technique the right strategy to make this better so you haven't failed at anything and however your body is feeling right now um, try and i know it's hard when we're not feeling it at first but start to work towards falling back in love with that amazing body that, that held and birthed those children. It's, mm. Your body did an amazing thing. You, you said earlier that about feeling after birth, like so unfeminine, so unpowerful, so un... And you know, giving birth, that should be the most powerful, mm. feminine, fertile, incredible feeling of our mm. lives. And yet it's not for so many of us, is it? So many women are in that place and they just feel, frankly, crap about themselves you know and it, it's it's just it's just not right so please 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 start to um appreciate and try to show your body some love if she is leaking or hurting she's just telling you she can't do this right now and she needs some help and support it doesn't mean you'll never do it again just you know so it's back to foundations reconnecting with core and pelvic floor understanding what went on in there loving it nurturing it and healing it oh Making peace with it, right? Making peace with it too. Yeah. And I think that we need to make peace with the, the, the experience that we had giving birth. You know, if, if I look at the, the way I gave birth to my two kids, I know that I'm really lucky to live at a time in a part of the world where I had C-sections. My doctor told me after I had my first, he said, or she said, that my husband would have had to make a choice if we were in another part of the world between me and the baby. It was that, it was, I couldn't have had my child any other way. So really, I, if I look at it that way, I am so lucky I got to have my children and everybody lived and everybody was okay. Um, so, you know, I am thankful for that. And, but, I, but I did have to take time to make peace with the way I had those babies and also make peace with the kind of mom that I am because we all have these ideas of who we're gonna be and what we're gonna be like. And we really just need to be open to what is coming because when we have these expectations on ourselves it's not fair it's not fair because we don't know what we don't know at that point we don't know how things are going to work out for us right so just love ourselves and accept what is right um so i think i think that's a really powerful message i love that yeah yeah it is we we don't we don't control it all 
um, but you did, however, however you gave birth, you did great. Yeah. You're, you're a warrior. You know, you, you did great. Yeah, I love that. All right. Any last advice for any expectant moms? Who we haven't scared off yet. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I interrupted you. Sorry. No, not at all. So I, you've got this. You've got this. That's all I would say. You know, ask for help. Ask for information. Ask for, ask for what you deserve and what you need. Mm -hmm. um, and know that you deserve for this to feel good. You, the, the birth process itself, yeah, is out of our hands. And like you say, me also beyond beyond grateful for, for for expertise and intervention that means that i'm i'm here and my babies are here you know of course we're utterly grateful for that um but you've got this afterwards as well you know you're you're um you, you deserve to go forward with dignity and confidence into a body that feels good to you so where can people find you you can find us everywhere at Mutu Systems. That's M-U-T-U System, Mutu System. Awesome. Um, or social media, mutusystem.com. That's where you'll find us. Well, that's great. I hope people will, will, will look for you and will use your system. If they're peeing themselves, if sex is painful, if, you know, all the things, um, because look, it's okay and it happens and we're just humans. It's just a body. It's just muscles and tissue and you can get better. And, you know, for those expectant moms, you know, just know that there are things that can happen. It's not to scare you. It's just to let you know, and you're going to be okay. And it's fixable, right? So there is hope, but it's good to just know, right? It's good to just know. It is. Thank yeah. you. Thank yeah. you so much, Wendy. This was a really great conversation. Uh, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this edition of my podcast, Parenting Our Future. I'm parent coach Robin McMahon. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with someone who you think might also need to hear this message. And don't forget to subscribe. And if you like my work, I'd be grateful if you gave me a five-star rating. For those of you who like my content and want more, visit me at yellingcurebook.com to get your copy of my book and to find other resources to help you. Until next time, I am wishing you and your family peace and connection.